Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. A couple of weeks now. Uh, those of you that don't know, I was supposed to preach it last week, but then the Lord kind of made a, a last-minute transition in my message, and so this one, this one has had an extra week to simmer. So hopefully it's good. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it may be worse because of that, because I've overthought the thing. I don't know. But hey, I want to start in, in this by saying welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. As Mikey said, fill out that connection card. Drop it off on your way out uh, this morning. If you have prayer requests, drop that off. If you made a decision during the service, uh, maybe during the, the communion time, Check that box. I decided to follow Jesus. Anything that you want to do, if you want to talk to a pastor, whatever that is, communicate that there. Also, on the back of an announcement card, somebody has a smiley face. Look on the back of your card. Somebody has on the announcement card a smiley face. Do we have one? Here it is. Please stand, lady, with the, the, the winner. You are uh, a winner, Cinda Davidson. She doesn't even know what she wants. She wants a free T-shirt from our merch table out there. Huh? Oh, nice. All right. So, so Derek's a winner. Awesome. 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 So very cool. Um, we didn't announce that, but we have t-shirts uh, on, the, on, the, uh, on your way out, all different kinds, um, and they're 10 bucks um, for you to, uh, to, to wear and uh, promote what's going on at Renew Church. So also, I have a special guest this morning. We've been we're, we're talking about stress, and this morning we're going to be talking about stress in the workplace, and I thought, what better person to interview about stress than a lady that has been dealing with probably some of the heaviest stress that anybody could deal with for 55 years, 55 years, 35 years as the, um, as the manager in this particular agency, and then 20 years as the owner of this agency. Um, how many of you have ever been to the DMV or to a, a tag agency and had to deal with those crazy customers and those people? You didn't have to deal with it. You were the crazy customer. So this is the lady that has to deal with you guys. Come on up, Miss Mary Ferran. Give her a round of applause. 55 years. Miss Mary owns the South Dade Auto Tag Agency in Homestead, right next to the Big Jet on US One, and uh, she's a huge part of Renew Church. And so, um, Miss Mary, I just want to ask you just uh, a couple of questions, really quick. First of all, Mary, what do you do when when um, the line is outside the door, three employees have called in sick, and the computer is crashing all at the same time? What do you do? What do you what do you, how do you deal with that that stress? Pray. <laughs> Amen. You can go home. That's it. That's all you do. You have to take it one one step at a time, one thing at a time. And have patience. Don't you can't lose your patience because you're setting an example. You lead by example. And you get everybody riled up in your office, and then you've got an office full of customers that are riled up and employees that are riled up. That's good. That's good advice. Give her a round of applause. Stay right here. Stay right here. So, so Miss Mary, um, this customer, right, he's upset because he has speeding tickets, and he thinks that somehow those speeding tickets that are affecting, like, his renewal of his tags and everything, he thinks they're your fault. So he's yelling at you, or actually he started by yelling at your, your employee, and then, then they bring the manager out. What do you, how do you deal with that? What do you say to that very friendly customer? Go home. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 
No, you have to remember that he is attacking or he is angry with himself and who you represent. So if you let it get to you personally, then you've got a problem. But if you let it kind of fly over your head and say, well, the, blame it all on the DMV. They're the big bad guys up there. <laughs> and we want to help them. We want to do everything we can for them. But the DMV, the big bad guys, are the ones that are guilty. I love that. I love that. Just pass the buck a little bit down the road. That's really, really good. Give her a round of applause. Any final... Any, any like final lesson that you would say? People that are stressed, these people are here, they came to hear a message on they're stressed in the workplace, they're dealing with stress in their life. Like, what would you say to them? Like, what's the overarching, this is what I, if I had one thing to say, what would I, what would I say? I would say you have to hand it over to the Lord. You've got to give it to him. He is more capable, more able to take care of it. You can't. You need his help. You hand it over. You know, I had a hard time learning that. And I've learned it. And oh, what a lifesaver that's been. Amen. Miss Mary, thank you very much. You can, you can head back to your seat. Miss Mary has been doing that for that many years. Uh, she's still, she's retired, but she still goes in a lot to the office, I know. And she works uh, to, to help the um, you know, the, the employees whenever there's a shortage or whatever's going on. And yet every week she's here, every Sunday she's here, and she's not here. She doesn't come. She comes from Homestead, and she comes up here with a van load of food for us. She brings us hot breakfast to, to just say thank you to the team that does that. So Mary, like, and, and she does it out of her pocket, out of, out of her heart, um, and it's amazing. So Renew Crew especially, would you guys give her a rousing round of applause? Miss Mary, we love you. And we're thankful. We're thankful for your heart. Unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, I could have called the second most stressful position in the, the world. DMV or tag agency would have been the first. The second would have been the Apple. Uh, my, my man, uh, Hector Robles, who's a genius in the genius bar. And those people are terrible, too. If you're, you have to deal with customers at Apple, right? They're the worst. <laughs> I'm an Apple customer, so I know what you're, uh, you're dealing with, my brother. But uh, anyway, um, we're talking about stress today. Anybody know about stress? Anybody dealing with some stress in your life? Got some stress going on. Believe it or not, um, you might think, well, Pastor, your job's easy. Like, you have no stress. You work one day a week, and it's really just an hour. Um, so it, it's not that big of a deal. But honestly, um, it's pretty stressful for me. Um, I, I remember um, looking back at, at uh, you know, this process of especially planting this church and thinking to myself, God, what's going to happen? What, what's it going to look like in a couple of years from now? And, and I'm going to come to that at the end of my message. But, like, it has not been easy uh, to plant a church. There are stresses. It's probably a little bit different than what Mary deals with or what Hector deals with or what you deal with. But like as a pastor, when the house packs, you say amen. Like when people show up, you're saying amen. But when there are more rows than there are people, you're saying, oh my, <laughs> like what's going on? When, when uh, the giving is strong, you say amen. And when you don't know if there will be enough funds to cover the expenses, you say, oh my, right? You, you get that? Like, that's the reality of this thing. And whether you're pastoring a brand new church, or you're policing an inner city neighborhood, or you're paving parking lots, I mean, there is just stress in life, isn't there? That's just the way life is for all of us. 
Here's some research that I found on stress.org um, on, on some statistics on stress in the United States. 83% of U.S. workers suffer from work-related stress. So good news, you're not alone. <laughs> A million people miss work every day due to stress-related problems. One million people every single day, and that's due to stress-related problems. In a survey, 33% of the respondents uh, visited a doctor for something stress-related in 2018. So a, a third of the people that were surveyed had went to a doctor because of the stress levels that they are under. And 63% of U.S. workers are ready to quit their jobs. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, uh, but literally there's percent of the people uh, that were surveyed that said they're ready to quit as a result of stress. The reality is, is I think we almost all have stress, like everybody deals with it. And unless you're the one half of one percent of society here in America that doesn't need a paycheck and you're independently wealthy, you probably have stress in the workplace or school or, or uh, even if your workplace is at home teaching a nine-year-old and a ninth grader like my wife does, there is stress even there. I live in a three-bedroom house just a couple of miles from here. My cars are paid for. I don't have a ton of debt, but Publix is expensive. It's a pleasure, but it's expensive, and my daughters are in art classes and gymnastics, and honestly, we have a standard of living that, that creates um, you know, stress. This is, this is called first-world problems. These aren't the things that you'll see on the infomercials about anybody caring about, like, but these are the problems that you and I deal with, like no 5G, right? Or, or where's the Wi-Fi? What's going on with my internet? Um, I need a vacation from my vacation. That's a first-world problem, if you've ever said that. Um, airport lines, a pulled muscle after working out. That's a first-world problem, that you were working out and you pulled your muscle. Uh, tolls. That's a first world problem. I hate tolls just as much as you do, but there are parts of the world where there's no such thing as paved roads, much less sun pass and toll roads. These are all first world problems. In America, we have these standards. I mean, that's the reality. We have lifestyle standards that have expectations, and to meet those expectations, we just need a little more, just a little bit more. So the job that can bring a little bit more demands a little more. And if you don't, you're fired, right? You know that, that, that quote, right? I don't know if that's true for you, but for me, it's, it's true. Even as a pastor, uh, my life includes a lifestyle, and that lifestyle demands an income, and the income demands a job, and the job demands production, and production demands competition, and competition demands pressure, which leads to stress. So here we are in the middle of a series called Stress Less, asking the question, what do we do with it? Where do we turn? If we could all quit working, obviously, if that would be the closing point of my message, was just, hey, like, like, go turn in your resignation, and um, it's going to get better. Like, that wouldn't get better, I don't think, because then you're going to have all these other things mounting on you. But, like, I want to help you try to answer that question. And Miss Mary helped me with point number one, which isn't even one of the points on the screen, but I'm just going to reemphasize it, and I've been saying it every week. You've got to go to God. You've got to come to Jesus. In everything that you do, you have to come to Jesus. Matthew 11 says, Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Yoke, that's, that's, a, that's a labor tool. That's, that's for the animals, but Jesus is saying, Take this tool of labor and, and put it on you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm humble in heart. In other words, he's not saying just quit, but my yoke is easy. 
and my burden is light. Why is it easy? It's not because it's just the job just got easier. It's because he carries it with you. Because when you go to Jesus, he's helping you carry that burden. There's still a responsibility that you have. And those things don't go away completely. But if you'll come to Jesus, he can and will and wants to help you lighten your load. So that, that's the first one, but it's really not even the points uh, from my, my text, from my primary text this morning. My text this morning is First Corinth, I mean Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated. Is that Colossians chapter 3? You got it in the ESV? Maybe you don't. I'm going to read it from the ESV. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of God of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. What are you thinking about? For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you and have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. And don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Josh, let's, let's try it in whatever version you happen to accidentally put on there. Go to verse uh, 9. Colossians chapter 3, go to verse 9. Jump ahead. Sometimes technology will catch us. Okay, so I'll just read from this. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there's no Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. I want to read it in my translation. I want to read it in the ESV. Um, you have a, another verse though, right? Go ahead. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Here's what he says in, in uh, the, the ESV translation. He says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Verse 12, he says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. And in verse 14, he says, and above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I, I want you to get three points this morning from this message and from this text. Number one, since you have been raised to new life in Christ, the Apostle Paul says, set your sights 
on the realities of heaven. And so the first point that I want you to get is that you have to change your perspective. If you want to reduce stress in your workplace, you have got to change your perspective. Paul is saying to them, hey, listen, what are you looking at? What are the, what are the things that you're focusing on? On because those things that you're focusing on are the things that are bringing you down. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but we oftentimes, we look at the wrong things. If you're driving in a car, if you've ever done this before, you're, you're driving down the road and you see something that catches your eye off to the right, right? What happens when you start looking off to the right at that thing that's, that's to the right? You start veering to the right. You notice that? You ever done that before? And your, your spouse is like, watch the road, like pay attention. Why do they say that? Because you're looking off. And when you're looking off, it's taking you off course. The same thing can be said about your drive with the Lord and your walk with Christ and your walk with God. Like, what are you focused on? What are you looking at? Because if you're looking at everything else and you're not focused in on God and his kingdom and his will, like, you're going to start going that way, that direction, down that path. So change your perspective. Because your life will naturally follow what you're looking at. It'll naturally follow the things that you're, that you're looking to. The second thing he says is to change your mind. Change your thinking. He says to think about the things of heaven in verse 2, not the things of earth. I mean, consider this for just a minute. Like, uh, what is it that you're putting your mind to? I know that you're stressed out. I know that you're, you're dealing with a lot. I know that, that life is heavy for you. But what is it that you're thinking about? If you're constantly thinking about the things of earth, that stuff can get really frustrating, can't it? Like, you're already probably processing what you have to do tomorrow. You're thinking about the things that are going on in the job, in the flesh, like that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a, a co-worker. Maybe it's an assignment. Maybe it's a project. Whatever the thing is, and it's just like, man, this is too much. Like, what I'm challenging you to do, and I think what Paul is saying, is, is to stop focusing on, stop looking to, and stop thinking about those things. In fact, I was reading this morning in my devotions this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, For we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's what he's saying. Like, in other words, there are things that you have that you're dealing with. There are things that, that are going on in your mind and your thought process like that, that are in front of you, but you've got to take captive every thought, everything, and make it obedient to Christ. Like when, when somebody comes against you with some kind of a negative uh, uh, comment or an attack or saying some kind of a sly remark about you or your production or whatever's going on, like you need to take that thought and your response, your reaction, you need to take it captive. You need to take it captive and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow that thought to lead me. I'm not going to allow that thought to rule me. I'm taking captive every single thought, and I'm making it obedient to Christ. I talked about this last week, and I've talked about it many times, but he who angers you controls you. So if you are allowing somebody in their, 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 the thing that they did to anger you, like they're ruling you, they're running you, they're making you do certain things or act in certain ways, like you've got to take it captive and say, nope, not today. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen the way you want it because I'm making my thoughts, I'm making my mind obedient to Christ. 
so much in our life that we, we, we think that like God only cares about like this, this spiritual thing. But I need you to know that God cares about every detail. He cares about like all of the physical and all of the, um, the, the, the day-to-day. Like the stuff that you're going through, he knows about and he cares about. But you've got to figure out a way to be able to cast those cares upon him. He went on to say in, in Colossians 3 verse 4, put to death. Like, in other words, sometimes you, you put it in prison. Sometimes the punishment is prison, and other times it's the death penalty. He says, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. All those things that are lurking inside of you. Like, why do you keep going back to that stuff? Why do you keep going back to those thoughts? Why do you keep allowing those things back in? Put them to death and have nothing to do with that. And he, he goes on to be a little bit more specific. He says, have nothing to do with sexual immorality impurity, lust, and evil desires. And and then he says, and don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Like, obviously, we don't just, we're not just naturally greedy. Like, it's it's something that we allow. It's something that that forms inside of us, and we, we become this person that's just hungry for more and lusting for more, whether it's a material possession or some kind of a physical relationship or whatever that thing is. And the Apostle Paul is saying, change your mind. Change your thought processes. Change your sights. Change what you're looking at. And finally, he says, change your clothes. He says in Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Like if you want to reduce the stress in your life, you've got to change your clothes. He says in verse 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Man, I want to encourage you to change your clothes in your work environments, to, to wear comfortable clothes because the opposite wardrobe the opposite outfit that most people are walking around in it's not real comfortable it's really tight and it makes them fussy and grumpy you know what I'm saying like get some get some of those I've never worn those nurses what are those things called you guys wear nurses scrubs get some scrubs those are comfortable right yeah man I'm get some scrubs man roll around like just just relax a little bit like be like wear some loosen up maybe loosen the belt a little bit whatever the thing you've got to do to kind of like be able to put on a spirit of love and compassion humility and gentleness so that everybody that comes at you isn't attacking you and you can just kind of like instead of just attacking back you could just kind of be like wait a second maybe maybe they they're going through something like, I have a pair of shoes that sit up in my closet, and I feel guilty when I don't wear them because they're good shoes. They're newer shoes. They're made by, uh, like, my favorite, like, just walk-around shoes or Vans. And, and so, but for whatever reason, this particular pair of Vans, which are in really good shape, they're horribly uncomfortable. So I look up in my closet, and I'm like, man, I need to wear those just because I like to spread my shoes out from day to day, and it, it makes your shoes last a little longer. I don't know if you know that. But anyways, I do. But on the day that I'm wearing those particular Vans, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to be like, I want to go home and take my shoes off. And I don't know why, just because I want to get my 40 bucks out of my vans. But seriously, like change your clothes, change your shoes, change, do whatever you have to do to start getting comfortable 
in the circumstance, in the situation that you're in. You know, I, I think this is even a, an alluding to, an allusion to, to sanctification. Like, what the Apostle Paul is saying, and, and Steph, if you could make your way up to the, to the front. Um, what the Apostle Paul, I think, is saying is, is like, listen, you're saved. Listen, you, you have it. You and, you and me are good as far as God and you. You have a relationship. But, like, you're still, like, really uptight, and you're still kind of catching yourself looking to the left and to the right. And, and sometimes your thoughts are taking you down the wrong path. And the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, listen, if you'll just make a few changes in your life, if you'll start making some adjustments in your life as, as it relates to what you wear and what you think and what you look at, like if you start doing those things, it's going to change something else. So... I don't know if you've ever noticed this, um, but in different countries and different parts of the world, even in, in our country, but different generational gaps, like um, there, there's cultural differences. You go to Central or South America and people will dress a certain way. You go to different parts of our country, even right here in Miami, you go to Wynwood, people are going to dress a certain way. You go to Amish country in Pennsylvania or Ohio, and there's a culture there, and they people, they will dress a certain way. They will look a different way. And I think, like, within different cultures, it comes different, like, clothing styles. You know, you're kind of tracking with me for just a second at what I'm trying to say. So let me throw a couple out there. Hip-hop culture. I say hip-hop culture, you think about, like, you get images in your mind. You get dress styles in your mind. You get uh, leaders in your mind. You get, you know, icons and different people. You get brands of things that come to mind. I say grunge culture, and you may have thoughts. You may have musical groups that come to mind. You may have certain, again, clothing styles or different ways that people uh, live that come to mind. When I say fitness culture... You might think of like a, a, a certain demographic of people. You might think of, I think of LA Fitness. I think of those, those people that are like, you know, they look so good. I don't know if they're really sweating, but they look good doing it, right? They got that fitness culture, right? They got the music beating. They're just doing it, right? They got this thing about them. There's something that's happening. I'm proposing to you that if you change your clothes, if you change your mind, you change your thought, you, you change what you're looking at, you change what you're thinking about, and you change what you're wearing, that you're going to begin to change your culture. Like things will begin to change. Like you will, you will, people will start to see something in you, and because of that, it won't just be changing you, but then it'll begin to change other people around you in your environments. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying? If people see your life, if they look at your life, like what is the, what's the first thought that comes to mind? <laughs> I hope it's Jesus. I hope it's Jesus. Here's what I hope it's not. I, here's what I hope it's not. That you haven't been hanging around with some people or working together with people 40 hours a week for 10 years. And they're like, you're a Christian? Oh, that's so good. I didn't know you were a Christian. That is the world's worst compliment ever. 
if they they have been working with you and interacting with you and then they find out later that oh you go to church that's really nice that's not good you understand what i'm saying like there has to be a shift of not just like a, a Sunday thing for an hour. There has to be a thing that's like starting to overflow into you because it's just who you are and what you do. And I'm not saying that there's a certain dress code to the Christian culture, but there is like a, a spiritual dress code that the Apostle Paul said of humility and patience and caring for one another and loving one another, putting on love so that when people look to your life, they're like, wow, he's they're a part of that Christ-centered Jesus culture, whatever you want to call it, they love God. God loves them, and I want what they have. If you change your mind, if you change your perspective, if you change your 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 uh, your clothes, it's going to begin to change your culture. It's going to reduce the stress in your workplace. I really believe it. I really believe it. If you compartmentalize this thing and you're like, oh, I'm a Christian on Sundays and I'm the boss on Mondays, then it's not going to work and the stress will continue to rise, and we could preach for 70 weeks on this series, and it's not going to help anything. It's not going to help anything. You've got to do some things in your life to make a difference. At Renew Church, we're trying to develop a culture formed around nine core values so that when people look to us, they can say, wow, this is what, this is what Renew is. This is who Renew is. We start with worship. We preach good news. We disciple people through small groups. We have fun together. We love our city. We give irrationally. We pursue the next generation. We plant churches, and we are on a co-mission. This is what Renew is all about. Like, I was talking to uh, our small group on Thursday, and as Mikey says, and I encourage you guys, get in a small group. Please join in a small group. Please jump in one, even if... You know, like, it's hard. It takes sacrifice. It takes commitment of your time and schedules and rearranging. But it's worth it. It's not a waste of your time. But as I was talking in our small group this last week, I was looking back to my, my two-year journal that I started when we started to plant this church. And one of the things that, so I have this, it's a, it's a journal where it's every day of the year, but it's five years covered, right? So it's just, I don't write a lot. I write three lines and then I close it up for the day and then tomorrow right up for tomorrow but then it's a five-year covering starting in 2018 so i have the 2018 entry the 2019 entry and this year's 2020 so two years ago i started writing this when we started this journey to plant renew church and god was working in my life god was working in my heart and, and i was like am i gonna do what i'm thinking i'm gonna do am i gonna leave everything i know and everything that i have and everything that's safe and comfortable and take my family out of everything they know and come up here and plant a church. And as I was doing that, I was reading through this passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter, I don't know the chapter, but it's David. And David's talking to the Lord and he's like, Lord, will I be successful in this? Lord, will I be successful in this? And, and over and over as he's facing other armies and enemies and different things, he's asking God, God, will I be successful? And I asked God that question in 2018. This last week, one of the days, I think it was Wednesday of this last week. God, will I be successful in this? And then just a, like that, either that same day or the very next day, I was having a conversation with one of the newest people at our church, one of the newest people on our Renew crew and, and uh, recently baptized and just God's doing some things. And she was like, Pastor, you know, I just, I love Jesus. 
And I'm so thankful for Renew Church. And I'm so thankful for what God's doing. And she's involved in the small group. And she's serving on the team. And she's so active. And she's like, I've never been a part of a church where I felt so loved and welcomed and a part. And I'm writing in my journal. And I'm looking at that. And I'm like, two years ago, I was asking God, will, will I be successful in this? And God said, when I was writing the story of this lady that was saying, Pastor, this has changed my life and this has been so good for me and for my daughter. Like, I'm reading that and I'm saying, thank you, God, for your confirmation. God, thank you for what you've done. I say that to say, like, the, the culture is beginning to slowly bleed out. It's slowly beginning to, like, spread and people are starting to catch on. And people are starting to realize that this is more than just a place you come to in an elementary cafeteria for an hour on Sundays. This is a place where lives are transformed, where people are renewed, where hearts are changed. It's, it's a place where uh, culture is, is, is coming up. I think about and I pray for, I pray for this crazy thing that's happening in the news today pray for the people of China and I, I heard that they, they had their, their very first casualty of the coronavirus in the United States uh, just I think this last week we need to pray for that we need to pray and we need to protect ourselves we need to do all the things that we need to do and we're going to take it serious even as a church to make sure we're protecting our children and our kids and um, you know all of that but I, I think about like what it takes. Like it just takes this littlest germ, doesn't it? Like all it takes is a little germ, <laughs> and it'll spread virally across a continent, across a world. Like, and I use this in a. I, I spin this to say, like, if you could take a germ of renew a germ of Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate, but if you could just take uh, like a little piece and you could just like cough it on somebody. <laughs> nope, that didn't work. Never mind. But if you could take a, a little bit and you could just infect somebody with Jesus, what's it going to do for them? What's it going to do for their world? What's it going to, like how's it going to spread? What, what does God want to do? <sighs> but we've got to change our, our, mind, our eyes. We've got to change our mind. We've got to change our clothes. People got to see it in us. It's got to be all of us. It's got, the, it's got to be the culture. It's got to be the, the thing. Because if it's not, people are going to be like, oh, I didn't even realize there was a church there. Two more years from now, who knows what that, that journal will say. I'm excited to read what that journal is going to say in two years from now. I really am. Like from one person, and it's not just one. That's just the example that comes to mind for God, will we be successful? But I can't wait for two years from now to write in that journal. God, what have you done? What are you doing? But it requires all of us. It requires every single one of you to do your part, to get passionate about it and spread that, like, that culture around. Will you pray with me? It's going to help you. It's going to help reduce stress. Like, you're still going to deal with those terrible customers, Miss Mary. 
sometimes you're going to deal with people like me. Sorry. I, I apologize in advance. But when you, when all of you can change your mind, change your eyes, change your clothes, you'll begin to change your culture. And somehow, in some way, people are going to say, wow, there's something about that organization. There's something about that person in that organization, and I want what they have. Oh, God, we come before you, and we ask that you would just do what only you can do in and through us, God. Like, I know that there's stress in the workplaces. God, there's stress in the school places. God, there's stress in the home places. God, there's stress wherever we are. And I just ask, God, that you would help us. Help us to do whatever we need to do. Maybe there's some reduction of lifestyle standards that need to come in. That, that because of the demand that we're putting on ourselves and our families putting on us and we're allowing, it's creating the stress. And if there's a way that you can reduce that, God, I pray that you'd help us to reduce that in, in us. And, and um, But as far as it relates to the world and the stuff that's coming at us, God, I pray that you would help us just to begin to do a change in our mind, in our eyes, in our in our in our outer exteriors, oh God. Do whatever you need to do. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you care about every detail of our life. We thank you that you care about the 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 nine to fives and the every day of the week. It's not just about Sundays, God. Thank you that you love us. That you're with us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you would just say, Pastor, I, I need prayer today. I just need you to, to, to pray for me because I'm going through, uh, you know, a lot in my life. There's, the stress levels are high. The, 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 the weight is heavy and, and it's hard. It's one thing to say, uh, change your mind and change what you're looking at and change your exterior, but it's another thing to do it. Pastor, would you pray for me? If that's you, would you just lift your hand? I see your hand here on my left. I see several hands on my left. And then on my right, I see several hands on my right. God bless you. God bless you. Lord Jesus, we come before you and we just put these people in your hands. and We say thank you. Lord, you know what's going on. You know the needs even before they ask. And so, Lord, even just by a lifted hand, it's a prayer that says, Lord, help me, see me, look at me. Take my, take the, the burden and, 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 and exchange it for, for your burden. Take my yoke and exchange it for your yoke. God, I want what you have. God, do what you can do. I pray for each and every one of these individuals, and I thank you for their life. Thank you for their openness and honesty just to come before you and ask you for that. Help them, I pray. If today you don't know Jesus is your Savior, that's the first step. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come to me, you who are wearied and burdened, and I'll give you rest. So that's the very first thing that you have to do. And I know we prayed this prayer in the earlier part of the morning, but I just want to make sure in a crowd like this, with a group of people like this, even if it's just for one, if you would say, Pastor, today I made that decision, or today I'm going to make that declaration. I want to surrender to Jesus. I want to come to Jesus today. Maybe it's for the first time or the 50th time, whatever that looks like for you. But if that's you today, would you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just lift your hand so I can see it there if that's you? Praise God for you. Let's give that person a round of applause. Let's give this other person a round of applause. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Stand with me. Everybody stand. Everybody stand.
if you made that decision, man, um, we're going we're gonna, to uh, close the service with a, a, a song. And then at the end of the service, Mike is going to give some instructions on uh, how you can take a step with Jesus. But let's sing together. Let's sing uh, this last song. Oh, 
the most important decision that you can ever make in your entire life. We are so happy. We are so thankful. And so we want to help you. We want to walk with you. We want to support you. We want to equip you. We don't want to just, hey, you made the decision. Good luck. Figure it out on your own. We don't want to do that. We want to walk with you. We want to support you. And so we're going to be giving you one of these. It's a New Believer's Bible. It's very, very resourceful. It breaks a lot of things down. It, it, it answers a lot of questions. But here's the thing. If you want to claim this Bible, it's, it's free. You got to trade in one of these. It's just a connection card. And so if you want, we can talk. I can go over this with you. I'll be at one of the high top tables in the back. You can see me there. I'll have the Bibles there. Just trade in one of these and, and I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to get to know you a little bit more and, and, and just give you some some insight on, on how to use this and, and some stuff on your walk. So again, we're just so thankful for that. Um, also, we have starting point immediately after service right now. And if, if you want to join the Renew crew, if you, if you want to serve, you want to be a part of this, that's one of the steps. That's one of the places that you have to start. So if you haven't been to starting point and, and you want to do it, just do it. Just go ahead and meet with Pastor Trevor and, and sit in and, and, um, and see how you can be a part of this. I encourage you to do it. Um, and this is also the part of our service where we continue to worship God um, by the giving of tithes and offerings. So I'm going to pray over that now. God, I just, um, and I thank you for this church, Lord. God, I thank you for the people here this Sunday, Father, and just the needs that they have, Lord. God, I just put their lives in your hand, Father. We thank you for, for what you're already doing, Lord. And Lord, we just pray that you bless this, this offering this morning, Lord, as, as we give it unto you, Father God. And we just want to give to you, Father, because we know, Lord, that, that you give us so much, Father. Everything that we have is because of you, Father. And I just pray that you bless these families here, Lord, as we give to you, Father. And I pray that you bless it and you use it. And God, that you just be in control of our lives, God, and in control of this church as you have been. Father, we thank you for it. Pray that these people go home safely, Father. Pray for the rest of their Sunday and just this upcoming week, Father. I pray that we stress less, Father, in the name of Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name that we all pray. Amen. Thank you so much. You may now be dismissed.